great to be with you here this morning at our Dandenong campus. And of course, a big hello to those of you who are joining us online this morning. And uh, look, if you're watching online, why don't you just put in the chat this morning where you're watching from? Where are you from? Are you in cold Melbourne? like those of us here today, that one day it was 30 degrees and then without warning, we had to find all of our jumpers and jackets and it will be like this for the next six months. So that's exciting. But if you're somewhere warm, we want to hear from you. So you can make us feel a little bit bad. So you can put that in the chat this morning. And it's great to be with you and to bring the word today. As Pastor Nathan said, we are two weeks into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. There are six days left. And, uh, you know, it is such a significant time when you pray and you set that time aside to pray specifically and fast and to hear from God. And today I want to encourage you, maybe you didn't know that this was happening, maybe you've come back to church after a couple of weeks and you missed the announcements, doesn't really matter, but if you haven't joined us yet, can I encourage you, it is still significant when you set aside time to pray and fast. And even if you don't make the whole 21 days, the next six days can be significant for you spiritually. And so I encourage you to press in, to pray, to fast. And if you have not done this before, you can head out, if you're here at our Dandenong campus, to our Next Steps team, and you can speak to one of our Next Steps leaders about what that looks like. If you're watching us online, you can reach out to us online via contact form, and we'd love to guide you through what it looks like to pray and fast in this season. And so with that in mind, this morning, I want to share with you about about peace, the fruit of a prayer-filled life. Peace, the fruit of a prayer-filled life. And we are going to read this morning from Philippians chapter 4 and verses 4 to 9. So if you have your Bibles on your phone or however you read your Bibles, why don't you open it to that page and we're going to read together. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Paul is writing this letter to the church in Macedonia at a time of great difficulty for them. And he writes to them, and what we learn, even just from reading the preceding chapters in this letter, but also in some of the other letters in the New Testament, was that the church that he is writing to was going through some hardship. And they faced opposition because of their faith. They were in a culture and a society where to be a Christian was not popular, didn't help you to accelerate on your career path, didn't win you any friends, didn't win you any loyalty. And we know further than that, that the Philippians actually suffered as a result of their faith. 
And so it wasn't a popular time to be a Christian. And so often we look at the early church and we think everything was good. You know, the church grew, people became Christians, there were miracles, there were so many things. And so often we can have the mentality that that was the golden days. Those were the days when things went well, but actually things weren't going well in every area of their life. People were coming to know the Lord, but it was not easy for them. In fact, they faced suffering and hardship. And Paul writes at a time where he is imprisoned because he has been preaching the gospel. So we have someone who's the author of this letter, who is also suffering, who writes to those who are also suffering, also facing opposition, facing the threat of war, facing an uncertain future. And Paul writes to them about prayer and reminds them that as we pray, the fruit of our prayer is peace. And it's significant for us today because sometimes we look at passages and we think, well, it's okay for them. But do you know what I'm going through right now? Has anyone ever said to you, oh, it's going to be okay? And you think, yeah, but you don't really know it's going to be okay because you don't know how I'm suffering. You don't know how hard my life is. Well, today we can actually be encouraged because when Paul wrote this, he did understand what they were going through. And he wasn't writing from a place of comfort. He was writing from a place of suffering. And yet he can powerfully declare that the fruit of prayer is peace. You know, there are some passages in the Bible that sometimes we look at and we think, I don't really know what's going on there. I don't really know what they're talking about. I kind of get some of it, but maybe I don't, I don't really understand what's happening there. Or we read some of Paul's letters and we think, was he just in a bad mood that day? Because he sounds like he's in a bad mood that day. But you know, this passage, this is a familiar passage to a lot of us. And yet, I believe that God, the power of God's word is that every time that we look at a passage, even a familiar passage, God can illuminate something fresh and new in our hearts. That's the power of God's word. And so as we look at this passage today, I want to encourage you that God wants to illuminate something in your heart today. And so as we look at this today, what I notice that Paul says as he turns to the subject of prayer is he speaks about the fact that the Lord is near. In verse 5, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. And then he goes on to say, be anxious about nothing, but in everything, present your requests to God. And you see, when Paul was writing this letter, he didn't write, dear Philippians, chapter one, verse one, and then kept writing. We came in later and we put in the chapters and the verses so that on a day like today, as we gather around the word and as we reference the word, everyone knows the same passage that I'm talking about. But when Paul wrote it, it was one continuous thought. And so as he was writing it, if we were to be having a conversation and to imagine Paul saying it today, it would sound something a little bit more like this. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. He's coming back again. The Lord is near with you because his presence is with you. And while we're on that subject, because the Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything present your requests to God. And so Paul begins... The subject of prayer in a lot of ways by reminding us that the Lord 
is near. You know, in the Old Testament, the presence of God came and rests upon people and places at different times and in different situations. And so the presence of God would come, and then you would see later on that the presence of God would come again. But in the New Testament, in this era that we live in now as believers, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, the Holy Spirit has come upon each and every one of us today. Those of us in this room, those of us who are watching online today, if you are a Christian, then the Holy Spirit is in you and the presence of God is in you. And so when Paul says, the Lord is near, he is reminding them that as we turn to the subject of prayer, God is already near. He is with you today. The Lord is near today. Today in this room, the Lord is near. Today, wherever you're watching, whatever location you're joining us from today, the Lord is near to you. The Lord is with you. His presence is with you. The Lord is near. You know, there's a phenomenon that I've discovered with kids And I'm pretty sure that this happens everywhere. I've done my own research about it. I've asked all the friends that I have who are mums, and they agree, so that's enough. Who knows that's enough to convince you of any theory? But here's the theory. This is a thing that all kids do with their mums, particularly. And it goes a little bit like this. This is certainly how it works in our household, and let's see if it sounds familiar to you today. Your kids are playing at home. Mum and dad are both physically present at home. Dad is in the same room with the kids. Mum decides she's got some errands to do. Mum decides to leave the room and go and do something else or maybe even, you know, go for a shower, close the door to the bathroom, leave me alone for a few moments. I'm going to just go. And here's what happens when mum leaves the room. Kids who are sitting right next to their dad playing will get up walk the length of their house, come and find mom, bang on the door and say, mom, can I have a glass of water? And for those of you who are joining us online, I'm looking around the room right now and my research pool is growing as I see all the nods. So if that's you online, just put it in the chat, help me out with my research, put it in the chat if that represents your household. You see, dad's right there. Dad's sitting right next to you. He can also get you a glass of water. He's gotten it before. He'll do it again. He's even fed you before. And yet they will get up. They will come and they will go and look for you as the mom to get them that glass of water, no matter how inconvenient it is. Doesn't matter what you're doing. No, no, they will come and find you. You know, often I think that we approach prayer in that way. We think when we talk about prayer, and perhaps even this morning as I began to share around prayer, perhaps some of you were even feeling a little bit uncomfortable, a bit concerned. I know last week Pastor Alex did a little bit of a survey, asked you some questions. How often do you find yourself in prayer? You see, often when we talk about prayer, the first thought is, I don't pray nearly enough. Well, I don't pray hard enough. That's, that's what we often, that's often our reaction. Let's be honest today. We often feel that way because we think that we have got to go and somehow get God's attention. 
That somehow prayer is like us trying to get someone's attention in a crowded and noisy room and we're competing with everybody else for God's attention. And so we get nervous about the idea of prayer because we think I've got to do all these things. I've got to jump through all these hoops. But yet the reality is, as Paul reminds us, the Word of God says to us today that as we turn our attention to prayer, here is the beauty of this. Prayer is us turning our attention to God and discovering He is right there with us all along. He's ready to hear us. He's ready and willing to answer our requests. He's right there. He hasn't left us. The difference is now our attention is upon Him. And so when we come to pray, the first encouragement is that God is already near. He's there. He's ready and waiting for you today. The Lord is near. That's why Paul can say, rejoice in the Lord. When we remember as we come to prayer that God is already near, it brings joy and it brings peace because He's already there. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to strive. We don't have to try and get God's attention. Oh, God's a bit busy. There's a lot going on in our world. There was a lot going on in Paul's world and yet God was near. There's been a lot going on in our world in these last two years. And just when we thought things would quieten down, things seem to just go from chaos to chaos. And yet we can say confidently today, as we turn our attention to prayer, the Lord is near. God's presence is with us. And it brings us joy and it brings us peace. And so we can turn to prayer today. We don't have to feel condemned. We don't have to feel that we're not worthy. We can turn to God in prayer today with joy and with peace, knowing that He's already near. He's already paid to come and be with you. He paid that price. We'll celebrate it in two weeks' time. He paid the price to be with you. He's already done it. He is near. But Paul goes on to speak about this peace, and he speaks about it this way. He says it's a peace that transcends all understanding. Think about that. You know, peace, biblical peace, is not the same as the peace that we understand it to mean. Today, when I say peace, you might be thinking peace is just the absence of having to go to work on a Monday. That's peace. Really thinking about the next day. Peace is just some time alone with no one asking me for things. Peace is that moment at work when you get to work but no one's there yet and no one asks you for anything. That's peace. Peace is that music they play when you go in to get your hair cut or get a massage and you're not quite sure. Is it a waterfall? Is it rainforest? What is it? But it just feels peaceful. That's peace. But yet the biblical peace, the peace that Paul speaks about today, goes back to the Hebrew word that we translate to peace in English. And that word is shalom. And you might have heard that word before, but shalom means more than just peace and quiet. It doesn't mean the absence of, just the absence of conflict or the absence of arguments or the absence of noise. It actually means peace, prosperity, success, welfare, health, deliverance, and salvation. That is what biblical peace means. It means wholeness. 
If the result of sin is chaos and destruction, peace is the opposite of that. Peace is what we have when we encounter the Lord Jesus. It's wholeness. It's salvation. Peace is powerful. In Isaiah 26 and verse 3, it says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You know where it says perfect peace in our Bible, it says in the Hebrew just peace, peace. It literally says peace twice. You will keep in peace, peace. Because peace biblically means perfection. It means everything, wholeness, completeness, complete security, complete deliverance, salvation in us, which is complete because of the work of the cross. That is the peace that God gives us. Jesus says in John 14 and verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. God gives us a different kind of peace. It's a supernatural peace. It's a peace that transcends all understanding. Think about that for a moment. All understanding. Now, Elin was very kind and talked about how I'm studying and all those sorts of things. And there are many of you here as I look around the room and probably even more who are joining us online today who are experts in your field, who have a lot of understanding of things. There are things that I understand that other people don't understand. There are things today in this room and online that you understand that I don't understand. And so if I was to think about that, let's just think about collectively our understanding together as a church family. If we were to add up everyone's understanding and of all the different things, their experiences, their culture, how they understand the world, if we were to add that all up, that's a lot of understanding. That's a lot of expertise. We're doing well. We've got a lot of knowledge and understanding here. And yet, and yet the Word of God says the peace that God gives us, the supernatural peace that God gives us, transcends all understanding. It's a supernatural peace. It's a peace that we cannot understand. We don't have to understand. How is it then that instead of praying, we spend more of our time trying to understand things that we cannot understand when actually God wants to give us a peace that transcends all understanding? We receive that peace when we pray. It's a supernatural peace. There is a divine exchange when we pray. That's why Paul says, in everything, in all things, present your request to God. Give it all to Him. Give all your burdens, all your cares to Him, all the things that right now as you are listening to me, the things that you're worried about, the things that you have concern about, those health concerns, those concerns for provision, all those things for your kids. Give all of that in all things. Present your request to God and in exchange, we receive his peace, a supernatural peace, a peace that transcends all understanding. That's the gift of peace when we pray. That's the fruit of our prayer today. It is peace that transcends all understanding. The church in Macedonia, in a lot of ways, aren't that different to the church today in Melbourne, in Australia. Maybe different clothes, maybe different cultural practices, but they understood 
what it was to suffer. They understood that becoming a Christian didn't mean that all your problems got solved overnight and yet they could declare that the peace of God would be with them because the peace that God brings us is a supernatural peace. It's not the absence of problems, it's not the absence of conflict, but it's a supernatural peace. That's his gift to us. But the verse goes on to say that peace, that peace that transcends all understanding will guard, will guard your hearts and your minds. Who knows that sometimes it's our mind that we need to guard with peace? Who knows sometimes that it's our mind that keeps going well after we should be asleep at night? as we think through all the things that we've got to do, all the worries, all the cares. How many of you know that as you turn to prayer, your mind starts to fill up with all the things that you're concerned about? But as we pray, see, as we pray, the peace becomes to guard our mind. But more than that, His peace guards our hearts. His peace guards our hearts, the source out of which everything flows. Sometimes we can understand a situation logically and yet, and yet there is a fear in our hearts. Yet there is something within us that makes us worry. There is something within us that makes us anxious. We can understand all the different things and yet we can still be anxious. How many of us increase our knowledge about transmission and what it means to stay 1.5 distance away. We understood all the things we were supposed to do in the last two years. If you do this, this and this, and you make sure you let this contact know. We understood it in our minds. But how many of us know that that didn't necessarily affect what happened in our hearts? There were times where we felt concerned. There were times where we felt anxious. And yet our mind would say, logically, we understand. We understand what's going on. That's not the issue. The issue is that in our hearts, we would feel anxious. In our hearts, we would worry. And yet the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guards our hearts and our minds. Paul says that that peace is a guard. It's a guard, and that word for guard really is a picture of a fortress or a garrison. And you think about it, that was the defense system of their day. They didn't have missiles, they didn't have submarines built by the French and then maybe the US government. (laughs) They didn't have any of that. They just had fortresses, they had garrisons. That was their protection against an attack. And so when Paul says this peace will be a guard, they understood that it was a defense system. But you know, when you guard something, you always guard something in. See, if you buy a safe, you put your valuables in. Otherwise, it's a waste of money to get a safe. You put the thing or the person that you want to keep safe inside and the guard is outside. That's the picture that Paul is painting with a fortress The things that you want to keep in their day, the fortress kept the people, the town, wherever they were living, safe and everyone went into it so that if the enemy came to attack, they would be behind the walls of the guard. And so Paul says that peace is a guard. It guards us in. It guards us in what? Paul says the peace of God which transcends all understanding guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
That peace is a guard and it keeps us where? It keeps us in Him. It keeps us in communion with Him. It keeps us safe in Him. That is the peace that guards us in Christ Jesus. I love a good heist movie. You know, Ocean's Eleven, 12 and 13 weren't so great, but Ocean's Eight, Italian Job. I love those movies where they try to to break into the unbreakable safe. They try to steal the thing that you cannot steal. And then at the end of the movie, they show you how you, they did it, and you wonder throughout the movie, how did they get in? How did they do it? And they show you, and you get to go on this journey and think, wow, they managed to get in to this safe that was unbreakable. And God says of us today that when we pray, there is a peace that comes, and we don't have to understand it. In fact, we cannot understand it, but it guards us in Christ Jesus so that we are safe. John 10.10 tells us the thief comes to what? Steal. But we have a peace that guards us in Christ Jesus when we pray. That is the peace of God for us that guards us. Finally, prayer keeps us in the circle of peace. Prayer keeps us within the circle of peace. I'm gonna ask the team to join me in just a few moments. C.S. Lewis says this, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. It doesn't change God, it changes me. Prayer keeps us within the circle of peace. As we read this passage from Paul, He begins by reminding us that the Lord is near so that as we turn to him to pray, we already have a peace. We don't have to get God's attention. He's already there and we pray and as we pray, the result of that is a peace that guards. And then he concludes with, and the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. So we come full circle. We begin with the presence of God that reminds us to pray. We begin with the presence of God that can give us peace when we pray because we don't have to get God's attention. The Lord is already near. And then as we pray, we receive peace again, a peace that transcends all understanding, a peace that guards our hearts and our minds. I'm gonna ask the team to put up that slide now. See, when we come to Him, we begin by understanding His presence is already with us. The Lord is near. So what we actually do in prayer is we turn our attention and discover He is right here with us already, ready to hear, ready to answer, ready and willing to meet our needs. And so we can come boldly in prayer. We can come with peace and with joy because He's already there. And as we pray, as we turn to our prayer, we receive a peace that is a guard, that guards us where? Guards us in, in communion with Him, in His presence. And so once again, we receive His presence. Once again, we understand that His presence 
is still with us. And so once again, we have joy and we have peace and we have boldness as we pray. And then we have peace that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And there we are again in His presence. We're reminded that He has never left us, that He's never forsaken us, that He is always ready and willing to meet our needs. Prayer keeps us within the circle of peace. I'm gonna ask the team to lead us in worship this morning. And as we do, I wonder today, if you have needs and that you're lacking in peace, we don't have to get God's attention today. He's already here. The Lord is near. Wherever you're joining us today, wherever you're watching from, the Lord is with you today. And so we can come and we can receive His peace as we pray. You know, at all of our campuses, we have these cards and they say, what are you believing for? And I wanna just encourage you, don't just walk past that in the foyer. Write down what you're believing for. He's ready. He wants to hear from you. He's right there. He hasn't left you. You don't have to go and search for Him. He's right there. You don't have to look for Him. He's right here in your presence. Right now, you are with Him and He is with you. And you can come to Him in prayer. And the peace of God can be with you.